to Curiosity Killed the Rat Science Podcast, where we just chat about science stuff. I'm Kate, and my curiosity has unfortunately killed several rats uh, for research. <laughs> <laughs> I am Matt. I honestly feel more like the rat because quite often your curiosity, I tell you what, not only has it blown me away, it has just flat out killed me. I am dead. I am dead with all this knowledge. You're dead? I'm but dead. How, how are you talking right now? That's a question that only science can answer. What are we talking about today? <laughs> Look, you make it sound like we're talking about resurrection from the dead, but uh, we're not. Um, and you know that. Uh, no. So today's topic, tickling. Tickling. Ticklishness. Ticklishness? I don't even know if that's actually a word. But, I think you know. so. Well, I mean, you could be ticklish. So surely the extension yeah. from that is ticklishness rather than the mm. amount one is sensitive to tickling while also grammatically cor- correct i feel that is yeah okay so tickling um we're talking about the sensation of being tickled what is it why does it feel so good or God, bad, depending on it. who you are I yeah hate no it. same I hate it 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 I hate I am um, 100% in the same camp as you. I think I would rather be scratched with oh, like a definitely. rusty nail down my leg oh. than be tickled. I would take um, tetanus over getting tickled any day of the week. Yeah, tickling. Okay, so I was going to bring this up like way later. In the podcast, okay. But, you know, we're going to delve into it now. Did you know that like tickle torture is actually a thing? I believe um, that. I didn't know so, that, but I definitely yeah, believe that. Back in like... Old, olden times, olden ancient, olden ancient times. The I don't real have a ancient specific date times. for you. Mm. Yeah, this. I mean, because this might also just be a myth, but I did read that tickling used to be used as a punishment for nobility because a it doesn't leave any marks, it doesn't leave any bruises, and and b the person can recover from the you know pain of being tickled quite quickly and quite you know. Whatever. So that's how they punished nobility uh, for, for doing bad things as they, they tickle tortured them, um, which I think is hilarious and actually genius because I can't think of anything worse than, than being tickled. So. Maybe we're from noble blood. I would say that's probably what that, no. It's just, it's just if you come from noble suggests. blood, it's kind of like you've got an innate extra sensitivity to tickling. That's just that's just how it be. No, I'm, I'm going to have to just like... You know, tell you no there, Soz, um, and you'll learn why because I'm going to tell you why. Oh, I am excited. I know, right? Okay, so I went on a bit of a a rabbit hole search here about tickling, and I learned a lot. Um, and it all stemmed from this conversation that we were having the other night about tickling and how we both can tickle ourselves. Because yes. there's this there's this ongoing, you know, there's this. I don't want to call it a myth because it's not a myth, and I'll explain why in a second. But there's this well known quote unquote fact that one cannot tickle oneself. In fact, many sources seem to say it's physically impossible. Yeah. Um, and we were chatting the other night, and this is, this is how tickling came up as the podcast topic for this week. Um, we were chatting the other night, and we both discovered that we're both in the camp of like, oh, my God, I can tickle myself. And, like, for me, it was such a shock to learn that someone else could tickle themselves because uh, I was like, I always thought I was such a special snowflake for, you know, being able to tickle myself or whatever. Honestly, low-key, same. I hate to break it to you. The type of self-tickling that we are talking about is actually pretty fucking common and not what people talk about when they say you can't tickle themselves. Uh... I know. I know. You're not special. You're basic. Shit. Yeah, because I guess to clarify for those who are gobsmacked at the notion of us being able to tickle ourselves is like, 
I don't know, just like if I kind of lightly rub, especially mm. like the bottom of bottoms of my feet are a big, big spot. I'm like especially mm. sensitive to tickling there. So like I can do it literally anywhere up my arm, on my face. Anyway. Just, it requires any sort of light touch and mm. I'm like, I'm gone, even if I do it to myself. Yeah, same. However, okay, so this is what I learned. So I was like, okay, I want to research tickling. I want to find out why it is that we can, because t- initially I was thinking maybe there's some genetic reason that we can do it I don't know but I found out that like tickling and what we we lay people call the sensation of tickle is actually an umbrella term for two very specifically different types of phenomena so we've got nismesis which is what we can do to ourselves which is the the light touch, the light, you know, like if someone gets a feather and, you know, lightly runs it across you or or a bug's crawling on you or you get brushed by the leaf of a tree or whatever and it makes you go... Yeah, sidebar, Nismusus sounds like a sick country in D&D or something like that. I am a traveller. I hail from the far land of Nismusus. Please, sir, do you have any adventurers? (laughs) Yeah, Something like that. I mean, most scientific terms kind of do if you put the right spin on them, but no... So nismesis is is that light touch kind of tick, which like, you know, no one's going to deny that like if you get brushed by something lightly, you go, ooh, that tickled. Like, yeah. you know, we definitely consider that tickling, but that is very different both like physiologically and evolutionarily from the other type of tickling, which I'm definitely going to pronounce wrong. Oh, my God. Give it a go. Um, gargalesis. <laughs> gargalesis. Yeah, look. I don't know who named these things. Wasn't me. I'm not, I'm not a tickle scientist. Um, but yeah, no. So gargalesis is a much harder type of tickle, which is, you know, when people tickle you in the ribs or, or under they, the like, armpits. they like jab you or and something like you know, that. And... No, no, not, not the jab, but you know, like think about like a mother tickling their baby. Like uh, it's, it's yeah. the, it's the pressure or, you know, the real, the harder touch kind of like, you know, you get your fingers in there and it, and it's what causes involuntary laughter. Yeah. So nismesis doesn't make you laugh it just kind of makes you go that didn't feel gives you pleasant. that really physical i need to that fucking jolt away from this kind of reaction tingly kind of thing yeah. yeah whereas um gargalesis is the one that that produces that involuntary laughter of like this is so funny but i hate it please stop i might be laughing but i want you to fucking die kind yeah. of yeah um, and they're two very, very different sensations that as humans, we both consider, we consider them both tickling, right? Mm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So what I learned, which made me sad in a way, is that, so being able to induce the nismesis, the light touch one to yourself is actually like, that's actually kind of common. Aww. Um, not everyone can do it, but there's, there's a fair few people that can. So we're still um, a however, little bit special at least. Uh, okay. I mean, like, we're special. Everybody's special in their own way. But we're not special because we can tickle ourselves via the <laughs> light touch. Um, but the gargalesis, try it now. Because I tried it to myself and I was like, shit, I can't do this. I can't tickle myself. Try it. Tickle tickle under your armpit with some, like, solid, like, nah. nothing, right? Although exactly. I, Mr. I go- so I guess is do you know about the jabbing in the side then? Because if I'm like prodding myself in the side, I'm still getting that little bit of a lashing uh, reaction. But it's not necessarily uncontrollable laughter. It's just kind of like yeah. I don't to, think that's that's probably like tickling. a reflex nerve, right? Yeah, I don't think that's tickling. I think that's like kind of because you call it like the electric shock, right? Where you yeah. come and you jab someone in the side and you make them jump. That's not tickling. That's I think that might be a similar reaction to like if you get hit in the knee with the thing and it forces your leg to kind of jump out involuntarily. Mm. Like I wouldn't. Call that right. tickling maybe more just like a reflex nerve reaction yeah well that that is exactly what it, that that is just like a reflex reaction and so gargalesis as it's defined is is accompanied by this this you know uncontrollable laughter and giggling mm. and stuff and you know the like involuntary laughter pure um, unadulterated pain yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna spend a little bit of time breaking these two down. So we'll, so we'll start with the, the nismesis, right? Mm-hmm. Nismesis is, is a, it's a thing that's been like recorded in, in all sorts of animals. Um, 
heaps of mammals. So like, you know, when you see a horse kind of like swat flies away with its tail or like when you, you like lightly brush the ears of like a dog or a cat, they'll like it, the ears will twitch. Mm, yeah. um, that's, that's an example of like nismesis, right? right? And evolutionarily it makes sense. It's kind of like, so if we feel like a bug crawling on our skin, yeah. Um, it's kind of that ticklish, you know, we want to swat it away. It's this, it, it essentially generates this feeling in us of kind of like, oh, this is kind of unpleasant. Let's stop whatever's causing it. And like evolutionary, that makes sense, right? If you've got a spider crawling up your leg, you probably want to swat it away before it bites you and you die. <laughs> Not to be dramatic, but like, <laughs> you know, that's kind of where it comes from. And that's how it's developed is what, well, how it was developed is like this sensation of, oh, this potentially threatening thing is on my body. Let's get rid of it. Make it be not there. Make it be not there. Exactly. And that's that's very different to gargalesis. I pause every time before I say it. Gargalesis. Or when I first saw the word visually, I was like... Gargalesis. Oh. Gargalesis. 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 Gargalysis, uh, but no, I watched I watched a couple of videos and they all pronounced it gargalysis. So okay. that's what we're going to go with. Um, but apologies to any you know linguistics major who happens to know the word gargalysis and apologies know that to I any native am. Gargalonians whose culture <laughs> we are just absolutely horribly appropriating and butchering uh, at this moment. Look, the pronunciation I don't think. I don't think the pronunciation is the important part. I think the distinction, the fact that there are two different types of tickling mm. or what humans consider tickling is what's important here. And so the, yeah, nismesis is that light touch, the feather, the kind of thing. And weird, weird sidebar, tickle bars. or No, sorry, not tickle bars. What I'm talking about, tickle spars, oh, spars. are a thing. Okay, I was yeah. imagining like more of a bar, like a chocolate bar or something like that. So you just <laughs> no, buy no. these portable tickling devices that allow you to tickle yourself. Tickle bars, buy them today. <laughs> tickle yourself in any place. <laughs> that's the tickle way. No, not quite. Okay. Um, I was thinking bar as in like, you know, drinking establishment. But what I meant right. to say was was spa. So a, t- a tickle spa is a real thing. In 2017, uh, it was the world first one opened up in Spain. And, and the type of tickle that they offer you there is that light touch with a feather thing. Cause apparently they think it makes you feel good. I don't know. I don't know who thinks that's that that is, I mean, look, it's, it's still open. I went, I went to, I, I, I Googled it. It's still a thing, you know, three years later. So they must be getting business, which is crazy to me. Why anyone would want that do them, done well, to themselves. Well, if, you know, self-inflicted tickling like that is good, then baby, I don't want to be right. Cause fuck that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Uh, well, look, okay. I say it's weird not to shit on anyone that enjoys that sensation. Not to shame. I just, it's not our place to shame. No, it's just not at all. Not, not our what cup I mean. of tea. Just no, just it's a no from me. It's a no from me as well there. Um, it's like a solid hard heck no It's It's from just me. I hate getting tickled so much that whenever I'm like in a situation where if I'm like play fighting with someone or something like that and they go in and like start to tickle me, I'm like, stop. I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to let you know one thing, all right? If you tickle me, I will you hurt will die. you. I yeah. don't want to hurt you. It's not that like as a vengeance thing. It's an involuntary reaction and I can't control myself. It's just, if you tickle me, I will cause your, cause you pain. I don't want to cause you pain. Please don't tickle me. It's, it's for the best for both of us. Just. Well, I mean, then... that's precisely why I never got in trouble for giving you a blood nose as a kid. It's <laughs> because I gave you a blood nose because you were tickling my feet. And my feet just did that reflex, kaboom, smack bang in your nose, blood everywhere. But I didn't get in trouble because you were the one tickling me, even though I told you not to, because what is a younger sibling for if not to annoy? Correct. Um, but you, <laughs> you're the one that paid hard for that, not me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it didn't even do anything cool like break my nose. So now I can't even say that I've done anything like, oh, my sister broke my nose when I was a kid. It was just like, oh, I just. I wish I could claim to have broken had your nose. That would be a hardcore loss. claim. But oh, wow. no, unfortunately. 
Wow. Anyway, no. No, we're getting we're getting very off topic. The point is, Nismesis, some people can do that to themselves. Yeah. It's a completely different type of tickle. It's kind of just it's 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 kind of boring. It's it's you know, it's your touch receptors. So essentially in your skin, right, you've got a whole bunch of there's so many different types of receptors um, for touch. Some sense light touch, some sense heavy touch, some like, you know, some are better for vibration versus pressure. Um, there's actually like four main types of mechanoreceptors. And then you've also got your pain receptors on top of that. And then you've also got your temperature receptors on top of that. And then you've got your free nerve endings. Anyway, in our skins, there's a whole lot of, lots of receptors to sense different types of things. And so the nismesis travels up to your brain is just like a, don't love this, get rid of it. And that's that. Gargalesis, however, that's the interesting one. That's the one that I went down this like rabbit hole of trying to like figure out. Gargalesis is the one where supposedly people can't inflict that on themselves, that it's supposed to be physically impossible to do that. Unless you have schizophrenia. Oh. That is the caveat. Schizophrenics can in fact gargalesis themselves. That's definitely not how that word is used in a sentence. They can commit autogargoglesis. They can induce... Gargolysis. No, gargolysis. Gargolysis. Uh, they could do some. Okay, I'll What's explain. What's your uh, gargathesis on this? <laughs> Maybe I should just change my thesis just so I can use the pun of gargathesis. Yeah, base no. your whole PhD around a pun, please. I beg you, that would be so funny. Um, I would. Mm, I'm tempted because I watched all these videos of people tickling rats, and it's actually adorable. <laughs> I'll get to that. So gargalesis, that, that hardcore kind of a little, well, not hardcore, but you know, harder pressure full on induces this involuntary laughter in the person that is being tickled. Mm. And that's the one that you can't do to yourself. So the bottom line that I'm going to, I'm going to start off with the disclaimer, scientists don't really know why it's a thing, right? We kind of don't really know why our body does this but we have theories and we have thoughts and we have ideas. And so I'm going to go through what we currently think or what the current leading theory is in terms of how this works and why it's a thing and and how evolutionarily it has developed to be a thing. So the current leading theory is that it's actually a self-defense training mechanism. Oh, right. Yeah. So hear me out. Picture, so you got you got a mother, you got a baby, or or you know, any parental figure, it doesn't have to be a mother. Parental figure, infant child. Parental figure tickles, gargalesis, infant child. Um, infant child giggles in response. Parent continues to do so, and 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 so on and so forth. However, think about like where are you most ticklish? And not not just you. Every human shares the same ticklish zones and even like primates, like chimps and like other animals share the same zones. Right. So you've got, you've got your feet. You've got your right? armpits. Which, okay. So armpits, armpits are a great example because mm. if you think about your armpits, first of all, you've got some very important veins and arteries in your armpits, which is why like, so if you're, if you're cold, just mm. pro tip on a freezing cold day, shove your fingertips in your armpits. It's a great source of heat because yeah. you've got a lot of blood flow there because you've got some very important veins and arteries. Also, it's where your rib cage kind of ends. So mm. it's actually a way that you can get into your heart. If you go through the armpit, you can get to someone's heart without having to fight your way through any protective bone. It's a very... It's a very vulnerable part of you the body. You heard it right? here first, folks. The way to your lady's heart is through her armpit. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yes. Physiologically, in a, in a anatomically speaking, sense, yes. Anatomically speaking, it's it's a very valid way to someone's heart through their armpit. And and you know, neck is another great one. People mm. are really ticklish, like under their chins and stuff. Um, I mean, I'll just say it as well. There's also like the groin region. Like that's yeah, often. yeah, and th- your thighs. That's because you've got your femoral femoral artery travels up there, and as that's well why. as your future offspring. Yeah, yeah, and like, well, because and neck, like we were saying before, you yeah. know, you've got your spinal cord, all of the blood supply to your brain. You know, neck is a very very vulnerable region in terms of if someone is going to injure your neck, you're kind of mm. you're kind of screwed, right? I so your gut and belly as well sometimes. Mm. 
And that's because we've got we've got a whole lot of important organs in there, right? So because because if it was you know just the regions that had the most nerve endings or the most sensitive parts of your body that were ticklish, then your face would be ticklish. And your the hands. palms of your hands would be really ticklish. But they're not generally, not in comparison to these other parts. So it's not about yeah. density of nerves. It's not about sensitivity. It's about vulnerability. Because I can definitely do fucking nemesis or whatever it's called on my <laughs> on my own hands. Like nismesis. 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 I, if I yeah. lightly like run my fingertips over the palm of my hands, that definitely like triggers some kind of reaction. But that's oh, same. different from. But the, if you were if if you were in like a tickle war with someone, right? I'm not going for their palms. No, exactly. You're not going for their palms, and and that's because that's not the most ticklish parts of the body and that there's a very logical reason for that because then also if you think about how somebody reacts to being tickled whether they claim to enjoy it or not right they're going to kind of curl up away or they're going to try to swat you away or like you know in my example of kicking you in the nose I didn't mean to do that that was not a oh I hate you for tickling me I'm gonna kick you in the nose no that was just that was a complete reflexive I didn't even think about it my body just went Nope. Nope. <laughs> Smack. Yeet. Exactly. Um, and so the theory goes that tickling and tickling infants in particular helps train them to defend these vulnerable parts of the body. Oh. So by tickling them, yeah, you know, that's how they learn to curl up or to swat away or to, you know, s- protect these vulnerable parts of their body. But the reason you laugh because if you, like okay, if you think about it, if you tickled a baby and it started screaming, yeah, would you keep tickling it? No, Hell you no. wouldn't. That's horrid. Or if it started like crying and screaming and whatever, no. But instead, this involuntary laughter comes out, which kind of encourages the you know parental figure or whoever is doing the tickling to keep going, and therefore it encourages this training, and that's why like you can kind of imagine that evolutionarily. This is a thing, like laughing while being tickled to encourage this training. Like that makes sense, right? Yeah, no, definitely. The, the reason we laugh in response to being tickled is because even though it might not feel great, we, as, as, as infants, we'd actually want to encourage this behavior from our caregivers because we want to learn how to defend ourselves or defend these, maybe less so now in today's day and age, but definitely, you know, back in caveman times you want to train people that these are the vulnerable parts of the body yeah let's protect them um and so that's that's why um and it's even it's even more than that so not only does the laughter kind of encourage it there's actually they did this really cool study i read this really cool study um out of germany 2012 2013 it's in my notes somewhere i can't be bothered to find it the year doesn't matter relatively recent there was this study in Germany where they actually, they did an fMRI study. So they got these people, they chucked them in an MRI machine, scanned their brains, and they made them laugh two different ways. Way number one, they tickled their feet and oh made them, God. they generated this ticklish laughter and that involuntary ticklish laughter, and they looked at the brain activity. Um, and then they made them laugh voluntarily. They were like, here's a funny thing, laugh, la, 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 la. And they looked at the brain activity of like, humorous laughter versus ticklish laughter. Yeah. And what they found, they found a lot of similarities. They found the the parts of the brain responsible for for your face and the movements of your face and the, you know, they lit up and and there was a lot of similarities. But what they found, ticklish laughter as opposed to voluntary laughter, ticklish laughter activated your hypothalamus, which is the part of your brain that sort of it's a, it does a lot of things, but one of the main things that it does is it helps send off signals about those like fight or flight responses. Okay. Right. And the second thing, it also activated the part of your brain that's responsible for pain anticipation. Right. So ticklish laughter, the people, when you're laughing involuntarily as a result of being tickled, you're actually anticipating pain and getting ready for this fight or flight, you know, battle scenario. Whereas when you're just laughing at a joke, that's not happening. Right. Okay. Mm. So it's actually a very, it might not on the surface, it might not seem like a different type of laughter, but when you, when you delve into the brain, 
it's actually, yeah, it is actually a different type of laughter. So they've got like um, the brain scans to kind of back up these hypotheses of yeah, it yeah. being like, training I mean, for that because it is actually triggering that fight or flight response. Which is and also the, the pain trained. anticipation of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm in battle right now. I'm anticipating pain mm. to my gut region because someone tickled me in the ribs or whatever, you know, like it's, it's that. Yeah. So that, that was really cool. And that, that also explains why, you know, people like you and I hate being tickled yeah. is like, even though we'll laugh quote unquote, while it's happening, it's not actually like, I'm enjoying myself laughter. It's, it's an involuntary response where my brain's actually going, holy shit, I'm about to die. Please stop. <laughs> laughter, um, hiding real pain. I mean, yeah. Thanks, Deadpool. It's like, <laughs> and in this case, legit, laughing is just almost like a coping mechanism for, for pain. Um, crazy, <laughs> right? For, physiologically. However, the issue with this theory, right? Okay. Or, I mean, it's not so much an issue with the theory. It's a you and I are not the only people to exist on the planet, unfortunately. Oh, um, that's disappointing. I know. And we share similarities because we are, in fact, siblings. And, Correct. you know, are very similar people. Very, very similar people. Um, but there are people who claim, apparently, allegedly, I'm not sure I believe them, but there are people in the world that claim to enjoy being tickled. I have heard of this. I have yes. heard of this phenomenon. It's and, mm. and I'm, I'd be curious to know. There must be other parts of the brain that light up as well. That you know, some people get around, but then other people don't. And there probably yeah. is a genetic component to it as well. I don't know. Similar to how I think coriander is the worst herb in the entire world, and every single crop of it should be burnt. But you reckon it's a mighty fine addition to a burrito, despite us eating the <laughs> same food. Oh yeah, coriander, godsend, love it. You Just think have it parsley. tastes like so? However, like okay, so the coriander example, like that's a that's a difference in a particular gene expression that makes it physically taste different to you and I. In terms of in terms of why some people enjoy being tickled and others don't, there's not a lot of research into it, which was really frustrating because I spent a lot of time today really like trying to find what like why this difference in the population exists um and this is the closest to what i could find right so this is the best explanation i've got is that for some people the laughter that is generated the involuntary laughter the the positive side of that outweighs any of the the kind of flight or flight fl- fl- bleh, i can say words <laughs> fight or flight sort of defensive mechanisms that come with it and like if you think about it right there's there's huge variations in people in terms of like how touchy-feely someone is like i'm not someone like i like a hug from a family member or a very close friend or a mm. romantic partner I'm not someone who's all touchy-feely and loves to cuddle up with friends or whatever, but there are some people in the population that are very touchy-feely and love this kind of like, you know, contact thing and a very, you know. So the point is... I just love the way you said this contact thing. This (laughs) That thing where other humans touch other humans. Interaction with other of my species. I'm... (laughs) Gross. Stay away from me. Um... (laughs) No, I don't know. It just I being too close to other people unless I'm in the right mindset or particularly close to that person it makes me uncomfortable, it makes me nervous, it makes me I anxious. also am scared of getting close to people. Whereas Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> um but you know, there's 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 a range of like in the population about how touchy feely people are, right? Yes. And so for some people tickling the similarities in the ticklish laughter versus the the non-ticklish laughter um, that the laughter bit overrides the, the panic bit, right? Right. So for us, the panic bit kind of overrides and that's why we freak out and hate it and it's the worst feeling. But for some people, all they, they kind of, they're like, oh, I'm laughing. And the cool thing about laughter, and there is actually science to back this up, is that laughter can actually make you feel better. Laughter is the best medicine. Like, yes, that's a cliched saying. But there is science. Behind I mean, hey, that. all cliches do come from somewhere, so yeah. I'm inclined to believe it. 
Yeah. So laughter, laughter does a lot of cool things. And this is why there are things like laugh, laughing groups or laughter groups where people just like get together in a group and they just like start going, ha 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 ha. And oh. then they all start laughing, laughing, laughing. laughing. <laughs> um, I don't know what laughing is. It's like laughing and laughing and I don't yeah, know. What well, I mean, I guess you're from. sort of role playing the laughter. So that sort of works. I don't know. But yeah, it starts off as like fake laughter, but then eventually you find yourself genuinely laughing and that's how these things work. And people, there are so many reports of people being like, yes, I feel so much better after a good bout of laughter. And there's a reason for that. So first of all, laughing actually leads to a decrease in stress hormones in the blood. So things like cortisol and adrenaline or whatever actually have been found to decrease after laughing. Yeah. Also laughter does. So when you laugh, right, your, your diaphragm. So the, the muscle in your, in your chest that, that makes you breathe, um, is obviously more active, right? It pumps up and down. And what this does is it actually helps stimulate the flow of lymph fluid. So we've talked about lymph before in a previous episode. Um, but to remind you, yeah, that's central. mm -hmm. Is that the central nervous one? No, that's immune system, immune system. Lymph yeah, is so, immune. Yeah, so lymph lymph fluid is essentially the fluid that helps move your immune cells around your body, right? So the movement of the diaphragm has been shown to actually increase the movement of, of this lymph fluid and to help increase the flow of immune cells around your body. And that's where the saying laughter is the best medicine comes from. Um, and it can also, yeah, and it can, can generate all of these positive emotions and um, not just the laughter, but then the other thing is how your your brain interprets the person that's tickling you. So in the case of like an infant and their mother, they're going to interpret the, the touch from the tickling as, as what's, you know, science refers to as positive touch as opposed to negative touch, right? Yeah. And, and your brain reacts differently. Similarly to like if you give someone a hug, it releases a whole lot of oxytocin, which is, you know, a hormone that makes you feel good, releases dopamine. So when you get positive touch, positive touch releases dopamine and happy hormones and happy feels and happy whatever. Whereas negative touch, which is generally not consensual and, you know, like a shove or something, your, your brain has a completely different reaction. Yeah. So in the people that enjoy being tickled, obviously it's going to, they're being tickled with, consent first of all they're not being tickled by an annoying sibling or you know as part of some (laughs) nobility torture or whatever um they're being tickled by someone they care about whether that's you know a romantic partner or a mother baby relationship or a good friend that they're close with but essentially like it's it's a combination of the brain is experiencing it as positive touch and they're getting all these happy hormones and happy neurotransmitters buzzing through their brain, as well as the laughter helping increase the immune flow and decrease the stress hormones. And that actually overrides any of the like panic that comes from the like defense mechanism. So it's the laughter that's leading to the enjoyment, not the other way around. It's not the tickling that's enjoyable and therefore Mm. the person's laughing out of enjoyment it's the person is producing this involuntary laughter from the tickling, but the laughter is doing all this other shit in the body that's making them actually feel good at the end of it. So I wonder then, because the reason you gave for laughter being like providing good things, like the main one being like the lymph node, um, the lymph fluids get pushed lymph around fluid, yeah. better by uh, mm-hmm. the diaphragm moving. Is that the same reason why a good crying fit will make you feel a bit better afterwards as well. Cause there's probably like a fair amount of sobbing and diaphragm movement in that. So that mm. pushes your lymph nodes around your body a little bit more, pushes out those stress things. So in the same way that laughter is the best medicine, could crying also be mm. a good medicine on the other end of the spectrum? Well, cause there's okay, also I'm like gonna, cry gonna, laughing as well, I guess, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to a minor correction there. Your lymph nodes don't move. Your lymph nodes are little like parts of the body where lymph tissue and lymph fluid kind of like is generated and, and congregates. It's the fluid okay. that moves. Um, but I haven't, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I haven't looked into it. I know crying is definitely therapeutic because they did this really cool study Um I can't remember the exact details because I don't have the notes in front of me, but I remember they did this study where they got people to chop onions and, and get the, the, you know, 
eye watering, we'll call it crying for this sake. You know, you know onion how you tears cry. Going. Yeah, onion tears versus like watch a sad movie and cry emotional tears. And they found that the emotional tears had a whole lot of these like stress hormones I was talking about, like cortisol and stuff. And the crystal oh. structure of these tears was actually different between the sad tears and the onion tears. What? So I know the actual, yeah. So I know the actual like release of tears is genuinely therapeutic that's why they say have a good cry it's like a good thing for you so you're straight up leaking out the sad yeah like this podcast (laughs) condones having a good cry because physiologically chemically biologically it is it is getting the the stuff that's making you feel bad it's getting it out of your body i've not thought about the aspect of the sobbing and the diaphragm movement and the yeah, I don't. I don't so know. So maybe that's what pushes the cortisol it. and stuff to the tears. It is quite possibly the could lymph be. fluid moving via diaphragm, or at least mm. that could be assisting it. You know, you feel it, like you get more out of a good sobbing cry than you mm. do a simple welling up in the eyes. I mean, I have considered doing a whole podcast episode on crying, but then I thought that would be a little bit too depressing. Um, <laughs> so I haven't. I haven't looked into the details, but yeah, very, very probably or very possibly that that movement of the diaphragm that is you know distinct from what happens in regular breathing um could help circulate the the hormones and this and the stuff that makes you feel better when it leaks out of your eyeballs uh well it doesn't leak out of your eyeballs leaks out of your tear ducts but you know well yeah sometimes when you have a really strong laughing fit you laugh so hard that you start crying like you start Mm. tearing up from so much laughing so maybe that is it'd be interested to see if they test the tears that come out after Mm. a good laughing fit and see if it's got the cortisol and the stuff like that in it that would be interesting i haven't i haven't read it's not to say these studies haven't been done they quite possibly have I just haven't read them, so I can't confirm nor deny. Um, studies that I have read, though, that I can tell you about, they haven't, weirdly enough, they haven't done a lot of human studies in terms of tickling, apart from that, like, MRI one, but they've done a whole lot in animals. So in rats, you can tickle rats. Oh. So this is this is making me want to change my whole research, right? I, <laughs> and it, it's also made me think about some of the research that I've done. Like I definitely give my rats little like scratches and belly rubs and stuff Aww, sometimes. And I'm like, that's a bit cute. well, it is until I suddenly realized that tickling rats changes a lot in their biochemistry. And I'm like, oh my God, have I confounded my experiments by giving some rats belly rubs and not others? Don't know. Um, (laughs) Need to think about this. Hope not. Definitely hope not. So there was this study that they did in 2012 that found tickling rats increased their, well, what, what the scientists called their optimism, right? So you can make rats more optimistic by, t- by tickling them. Um, and so, right. Wild. Oh boy, so, maybe they won't kill me today. So the way, the way that they did this is the rats were trained. Um, so essentially they heard two different sounds, like two different tones. Um, one sound indicated to the rats that they were getting a treat the other sound indicated to the rat that they were getting a little, just a little mild electric foot shock, right? So so one sound meant good thing, one sound meant bad thing, right? Right. Then what they did was they tickled some of the rats and they, and they didn't tickle the other rats. Then they presented all of the rats with an intermediate sound that was kind of like halfway between the two. And oh. what they found is the rats that were tickled didn't really do anything because they were, well, what they hypothesized was is they didn't do anything because they were expecting a treat. Whereas the rats that weren't tickled rushed over to press the lever to protect themselves from a shock. So, oh yeah, that that's the bit, that's a key feature I forgot oh, to mention. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rats that were trained um, with the, sorry, when they got the, the negative noise that indicated that they were about to get a shock, they could save themselves from getting this shock if they rushed over and pressed a certain lever. Right, right? okay. So they learned that they could protect themselves from this shock um, if they did it quick enough after the warning tone. So, so then the when rats, they were given this... Sorry, the rats go. that were tickled, they interpreted the intermediate beep as a positive sound and the mm-hmm. ones that weren't interpreted it as a negative sound and rushed over to yeah. the lever. So the, yeah. the rats that were tickled just had a better outlook in life. Pretty much. Like, I mean, we can't, unfortunately, we can't interview rats. We can't know what they were thinking, but 
we can hypothesize from this behavior, yeah, that the ones that rushed over to press the lever and try avoid a shock assumed that they were getting a shock, whereas the ones that did nothing assumed that they were getting a treat. And so this intermediate tone meant two different things depending on whether the rats were tickled or not. So is How the fact that is we that? hate tickling, has that led to the fact that we're both such cynical assholes? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if we were tickled more... If we mum and dad, you didn't tickle us enough as a kid. (laughs) No, okay. So, no, you bring this up because specifically I asked mum. I was like, hey, mum. Like I I was like, hey, mum, this is an important and weird question. Did you tickle Matt and I as kids? Apparently we got tickled heaps as kids. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, because I had this whole theory about how the reason we hated tickling was because we never got it as children. No, no, no. Throw that out the window. We got tickled just as as much as the average. Well, then the I'd be interested kid. to see. Well, maybe us getting tickled as kids trained our defense system because the whole idea is right. It's mm. training us to defend ourselves against these key sensitive areas. So because we got trained so well, now we hate it that anyone touches near these spots however maybe someone who didn't get tickles tickled as a kid doesn't have that association of like oh hey now i shouldn't be touched there and they just get that heck and laughter response i'm like yeah fam go for the tickles i'm down look without pure speculation i should just say i was gonna say without without doing a study and without consulting anybody in the situation of not being tickled as a child um i don't want to say one way or another yeah but you know maybe but also, like, no, because we like tickling. The whole thing is, and everything that I read said tickling your your infant is a very good thing to do, and it's okay. a very important thing to do. So, look, who knows? Um, I'm going to hit you with another study, though. Another Please. rat study. I went down this rabbit hole of like all these studies where they tickled <laughs> rats because I was like, why am I just giving my rats alcohol when I could be tickling them instead? Like, this is so much <laughs> more fun. Um, in the name of science. So there was a study. That, that found that rats that were undergoing a stressful situation, so they, they, it was the stressful situation that they generated was once again this, like, foot shock thing that's very standard stressor given, given to rats in science. Um, they were less likely to have a fearful reaction if they had been tickled leading up to the experience. So you can tell when rats are scared. We, we, rats are well, like well understood animals in the sense that we, we know what their fear response is. They tend to freeze. They tend to stick towards the, the walls of their cage or the walls of whatever enclosure they're in. Like we know what a fearful response versus a happy open response looks like in a rat. And so in the rats that were tickled, they were far less fearful in response to the foot shock to the ones that weren't. And this, this happened up to like 96 hours after the tickling event. And that, and like, it could last even longer. We don't know. Cause 96 hours was just the longest time point that the experimenters tested. Um, but the, yeah, tickling had a lasting effect in these rats in, in terms of, and then the reason that they thought, because then they also, they did, they, they took some blood from these rats and ran a blood test and they found that, um, that, that the rats that were tickled had lowered the hormone levels of these, these stressful hormones, like, like adrenaline and noradrenaline. So, so like I was saying, you know, like laughter can lower these hormones in humans, laughter, well, not, yeah, being tickled in rats can also lower these hormones so it's not just a human thing. It's like a thing across not, at least rats as well, like mammals and yeah, yeah. Like I'm not like not just rats. I'm just looking at rats because I I went down a bit of a rat rabbit hole. hole. I want to say hole. rabbit hole, but a rat hole. Um, because I'm your well, you know our podcast is called Curiosity Killed the Rat, and obviously yeah. my research is in rats, so I'm I'm more well, I understand them better. Um, but no, there's been there's been research with like chimpanzees and Mm. and other primates as well as um i think i read there was one in elephants even um i get why most of like these tests are done on mammals because they're all very similar to humans so like that's kind of why we do it but i really want to see this experiment done with like a prawn or something just like tickling (laughs) these little fish in a tank and seeing how they respond to things but they their brains are very different and their nervous systems are very different and their hormones i don't even know if prawns have hormones i don't know enough about prawns um so i think all of the theory would just not be 
not be as valid in these animals. Yeah. Uh, which is which is which is why we use the lab animals that we do. They're very specifically chosen because they they have air, like regions that are either the same or analogous to what what humans have. Yeah. Um but yeah, so so essentially like like laughter can lower these stress hormones and stuff in humans physically tickling these rats oh and they also found that like like rats do laugh when you tickle them we <laughs> just just at a frequency that we can't hear so oh, for so long we thought cute. that they couldn't actually laugh like that they didn't actually laugh but then this these other guys did this study where they recorded it was like 50 hertz or something i may Would have be 50 kilohertz up. kilohertz the human hearing range goes from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz basically okay so it would be 50 kilohertz then it was above our hearing range and that's their that's that's the frequency at which rats make their pleasure noise when they're, you know, <laughs> having, having happy times. Um, uh, okay. and, and they made those noises when being tickled. Oh. Yeah. So it, it, it could be the, it could be the tickling causing this, this lowering of, of blood stress hormones, or it could be the tickling leading to the laughter leading to the lower of the lowering of these stress hormones. Like more studies need to be done. There's yeah. not heaps out there, annoyingly, because I want to know more. But, yeah, how cool is that? That's very um, cool. I really want to capture so, a sample of a rat laughing and pitch it down okay, a bunch and hear no, what that no, no, sounds yeah, like. There is. So <gasps> on YouTube, I'm going to link it in the description because I've saved the oh, link. It's a please. National Geographic video where they've done exactly that. They've got a video of someone tickling a rat and they've brought, they've brought it down and you can hear the sound and you can see how it links up with the experiments of tickling the rat. It exists. It's on YouTube. I'll send it to you, but I'll also chuck it in the description of this podcast. So anyone listening, you can listen to a rat laugh while being tickled. Oh, I want to sample that and put it in a song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you can do that. It exists. Scientists out there have beaten you to it, but yeah. Shit. Yeah. So all those studies from rats suggest that like the rats enjoy being tickled. Unlike us, you know, I say us as in Matt and Kate don't like being tickled because there are several humans out there that do like being tickled. So it seems that the rats are kind of more like the humans that do like being tickled. Mm. Um, the reason for that, we're not really sure. There's still, you know, you it's wouldn't happen to know whether or not it's the um. Do the majority of people enjoy tickling, or do the majority of people not enjoy tickling? Do you know? I'm where not the, sure. No, okay. I I really tried hard to find a lot of. There's not a lot of information as to a why some people enjoy it and why some people don't, and b how many people do enjoy it and how many people don't. It's just right. it's it's really. There's been a lot of research in in animals, but not very much in humans when it right. comes to tickling. Um, and all of this so, tickling we've just been talking about over the last little bit—that's all the gar- gargalini. Gargalesis. Gla- gargalesis. 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 Yeah. Gargalesis. Um, whereas the nismus. the nismuses. Um, nismuses. Yeah, nismuses. There there hasn't been heaps of research on, but also the little bit that there has been, it's pretty clear clut. Clear clut clear cut that like it's just a oh here's an uncomfortable thing that could potentially be threatening let's get rid of it and that's kind of the end of the story no the interesting the interesting stuff is the gargalesis um and that's where we need more we need more human research anyway um so if any of if anyone listening likes being tickled you know i'm sure there's a scientist in your area that would mm. be very interested in a i don't know I don't know how to get in contact with scientists doing studies on gargalesis. You give them money. You throw money at scientists and say, here's a grant, go research this thing. Dance monkey. And they'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) Scientists follow the money. Scientists follow the grants. Like it's, it's sad, but it's true. Um, Mm. We can't do things without money. So if you've got, you know, a huge amount of money that you don't know what to do with, then you consider donating to your local scientist today. Yeah. Consider establishing a grant um, and, you know, you can decide what you want that money spent on. Yeah. I doubt any of our listener, you know, cohort is going to be able to do that. But, you know, there's a chance. There's a chance. It's interesting stuff. put it out there. It is. Pretty much. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I've got on tickling. There's a lot of ambiguity still there. There's a lot of unanswered questions, but. That's science for you. Yeah. Ambiguous well, exactly. and unanswered. Exactly. Um, so that's that's where we're at at the moment as the scientific community goes as far mm. as tickling. Um, but it's definitely a real thing. It's definitely something that, that you know, is 
is something that you can't do to yourself if it's gargalesis. You, you, a lot of people can do to themselves if it is the um, nismesis. Nismesis. Oh, God. Words. Why do we insist on nismesis. naming Nismesis. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why do we insist on being so, I don't know, complicated and convoluted? No, it's because these things mean different things. So nismesis comes from... I did, I did look this up and now I don't remember it and I didn't write it down because I'm a fool. But nismesis, I think, means like moving itch, which funnily enough, tickling is a whole different ballgame to itchiness. And that I'm like, that's another whole episode. But no, nismesis isn't the same as being itchy. That's that's as much as I'll say on that. It's different. It uses different Mm. receptors, different neurons, whatever. Um, And then gargalesis means, oh. I really don't remember. No. Okay. I don't remember. But they, they mean things that are kind of relevant in a way. There's um, uh, there's just a, there was a quote I was trying to find, but I can't find mm-hmm. it at the moment. Um, I saw it in a Vsauce video and he was quoting someone Classic. else about the nature of language and how language, while language does definitely evolve over time, it hasn't evolved quick enough alongside mm-hmm. how quickly science and progress has evolved mm-hmm. so we haven't been able it's it's like ancient and full of weird metaphors and idioms and things that don't really keep up with the kind of concepts we're tackling now in maths and stuff like that but i can't find it so it doesn't matter yeah it's probably it a good time to shuffle along to the listener question me thinks yeah i would i would definitely agree with that so the listener question that we had today is from faith very unrelated to our main topic as they um, often are Sometimes they're not. True. Anyway, simple three-word question. Do I... fish sleep? Ooh, I has a fish. I've never what seen do you it sleep, except for the ones that haven't woken up since. I would say, <laughs> my guess. <laughs> Dying is not the same as sleeping. It's well. the forever sleep. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. It's, um, I have fish. Um, my guess would be... No, because the way they breathe is to move through water and have the mm-hmm. water go into their mouths and gills. come out their gills. Uh, yep. Where, yeah. So I would say no. I don't think they do sleep. Okay. Which. So it's 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 an interesting one, um, and it comes down to like answering it properly comes down to the definition of sleep and the problem, the hurdle that we that we come to is that generally when we're talking about sleep in in humans or in in mammals or whatever, sleep is generally defined as a period of time where our eyes are shut and our neocortex, part of our brain, and our brain activity changes. So you measure people's brain waves, right? In ECGs, you put these weird caps on them in the sleep clinic and, and you can tell what stage of sleep someone is in because the brain waves change. Mm. The problem we have with fish... First of all, they can't shut their eyes because they don't have eyelids. Right. <laughs> Second of all, they don't have a neocortex. <laughs> right. Okay. So our standard mammalian definition of sleep is just like not even applicable. So you can you can be like, no, fish don't sleep because they can't meet our definition of sleep. But that's when you need to kind of go, okay, maybe we need to change our definition when it comes to these animals, right? So in a sense they don't sleep sleep in in that sense but they do rest so like if you sat there and watched your fish tank for a whole day and took very vigorous notes on the activity of your fish you would notice that there are periods of time where they have reduced activity so they're definitely they still move they still move in their sleep because like as you said that that's how they breathe right you need the water flowing past the gills in order for them to to do respiration and to get oxygen and to breathe um, however, their metabolism is lowered. They're less active. Um, you know, if you, if you were to put your, your fish food on top of the, in the, in the tank while they were quote unquote sleeping, um, mm. you would find that they are less quick to jump up and, and eat the food. Just like if you were asleep and someone woke you up and were like, I don't know, what's your favorite food, chocolate cake. And you'd be like, Normally you'd be like, heck yeah, chocolate cake, dive in. But if you were like half asleep, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, okay, give me a I guess, yeah, give me a, yeah. And so like the official be like that. So there are definitely periods of what they call suspended animation where, Ooh. you know, they do, they do still move, 
they do still remain alert to danger. So like less so in a fish tank, but we're talking like fish in the ocean. They're still sort of aware of their surroundings. So like if a shark comes, they're not dead. Um, (laughs) However, during these periods, some of the restorative functions, like what happens in, in like when, when humans sleep, our organs repair themselves, you know, we kind of, our muscles repair ourselves, repair ourselves, repair themselves. You know, we get this kind of, restorative I don't know regenerative yeah like it it does good things for our body and there are definitely periods for fish where they experience that more than other periods of time so whether you deem that as sleep or not yeah it depends on your definition it it's a bit kind of ambiguous Um, but the short answer I would say fish do have their own version of sleep but we just okay. have to change our definition because our definition is not inclusive of, you know, the types of bodily structures that fish have. Um, and, like, there's one really cool example that I read that I'm going to chuck out there. Um, there's a fish called the parrotfish that when it, quote, unquote, sleeps, it actually it secretes a bunch of mucus to kind of, huh. like, not fully cocoon itself, but to just kind of create a protective sleeping bag for itself. Please. Right. So it's it no legit, legit. It secretes oh. this like jelly like mucusy membraney thing that when it's sleeping, it's got like this little and that's to protect it from predators a little bit. And yeah. And so they have they have a sleeping bag around them, but they're still kind of awake, but they're kind of not. I don't know, it's weird. So the answer <laughs> the answer to the very simple three word question, do fi- fish sleep is maybe uh, it's complicated it's complicated yeah something exactly. that i would be curious about because what i assume most mammals run their sleep cycles off is like the sun and daylight right circadian mm. rhythms that sort of thing and nocturnal mm. animals do it the other way around they flippity yeah. flop that they're awake like the rats night, the rats day. Are, and bats rats have a and other ats um yeah so yeah i'd be curious to see the difference between like um tropical fish and coral reefs and deep Mm. sea fish what their rest and waking cycles are like i'd wonder whether the fish that do actually get sunlight follow similar circadian rhythms where they're less active in the night more in the day or vice versa and then compare Mm. that to fish that see no sunlight whatsoever the sun is a completely alien concept to them what do they still have like. 24 hour circadian rhythms or, or is they it have something completely, completely different? different? Do they even have mm. cycles or is it just whatever they're vibing? Like, oh, I, I, don't I don't think it's going around. I'm going to pop off for like five minutes, then get back to it. You know, just mm. they run on more of a power nap system than a. I mean, like, I say I don't know because I don't know. That's not to say these studies haven't been done. I just didn't stumble upon them in my. Um, little bit of research that I did for this question. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting point because I'm not sure what governs these rest periods for, for fish, whether it is in fact sunlight for those that can experience lighter or darker waters or whether it's something entirely different. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know enough about Mm. fish. We need to get a marine biologist on here. Do you know any marine biologists? I do actually. Okay. Um, Mm, future guest future future yeah think about Mm, it we'll we'll, we'll make something happen we'll talk about Mm. fish sleep and we've got to remember this question i'll get my people to yeah well i mean i like to think i kind of answered it oh yeah hopefully i answered it enough no Um, no you did a good it's all i got (laughs) but you know like i mean as with every listener question right we try to allocate this small chunk of time at the end but every listener question that i get i'm like i could do a whole flipping episode on that like it depends how deep you want to go right yeah um that's that's the answer for the moment that's as much as i've got for the moment but you know we may resuscitate this topic for a latest later Mm. future episode yeah we shall see we oh shall well, just have to wait and see. Well, until then, please remember to uh, follow us on all of our various social medias. Yes. People, we please got Instagram, do. we got Twitter, we got Facebook. Yep. Kate, you know the handles to them. At Curiosity Rat is your. That's going to get you Twitter and Insta, and then if you just search for Curiosity Killed the Rat on Facebook, you'll find us as a page. Um, or you can email us listener questions like do fish sleep or, or literally any question that comes to your mind that may be vaguely science related. I don't care. Chuck them at me. What's, what's our email address, Matt? It's, um, at curiosity rat 
at no, Jaina. it's not at the at yeah. is not at the Shit. start of the email address. <laughs> it's curiosity rat at gmail. That's com. the one. Send us all your science questions, and heck, even if you want to send us a not science question, we might. We probably well, won't answer it on the show, email, but we'll read it and we'll have a good chuckle. If you just want to oh, send us a poem, you want to send us Mate, compliments. if you send me an email and you're like, hey, Kate, how was your day today? I, I will reply and I will tell you about my day. I won't address it on the podcast, but like, <laughs> by all means, if you want to get to know me, I check the email regularly. It's true. You know, get to know me. It, it is mostly Kate <laughs> who checks the emails, so... You yeah, know, send so her don't the messages. Mad about if it's day. important, Kate, Kate will pass it on to me. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I mean, if, you, if if I get an email that says Matt, how was your day today? I'll probably I'll I'll ask Matt how his day was, and then I'll reply on his behalf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but by all means, get in contact with us. Hope you're loving the show. Um, if Just you're Just as much as we're loving sorry, you guys. You know, we're loving it. Guess that's all that matters, right? <laughs> Indeedly do. And anyway. Goodbye from us. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful life. Live your truth. Live your... Live... live yep. <laughs> don't know where I'm... Oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Good, good friends, friends. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, boy. Kill curiosity. Kill the rat. Curiosity. Kill the rat. <laughs>